guys, this is Danny. And this is Molly. And this is Black Chick Lit. And we are blessed to have another guest this week. What? This is the most social we've been. In a minute. In a hot minute. Hello, Miss Farrah Rashawn. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yes, you did. Hello. Hello. I'm always paranoid I'm going to mispronounce somebody's name. I know. And people are always like, why don't you look it up? Well, we do. <laughs> we still say it incorrectly. It's, so. it's not my real name, so I don't you know. You can you can mispronounce it. It's not right. <laughs> I got a phone book years ago. So. <laughs> I've learned a lot, like that nobody's name is I don't know why I'm surprised. Like we learned that when we did with Talia Hibbert's interview that that's not her legal name. And I don't know why know. it comes as a shock. Like, of course it's not her legal name. Like I'm always surprised. I'm I'm frequently surprised by everything though. So <laughs> So, this is the second romance book we're doing in a row, mm-hmm. which is, yay. <laughs> we tell people we're not a romance podcast, but then it's like, okay, yeah, this is what we do now. So, people need well, to- the next one, the next one's going to be back in Molly season. <laughs> Molly season comes when fall comes and things get spooky and dark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but I've been appreciating it because with the way things are, I've just needed some some escapism. There you go. I never, in my wildest dreams, thought in the year twenty twenty, I'd be we'd have to like save the post office mm-hmm. by like buying <laughs> t shirts. What? I don't even understand. Uh, yeah, it's like twenty twenty went in a direction I did not expect it. So yes, yeah, so we were we read the book. We read the Boyfriend Project, which mm-hmm. is. Goodreads informed me book number one of the series. Yes, it is. Yay. So I, I love a good romance series. I'm going to take a wild guess and say Taylor's book is next. She is. I would not leave readers hanging like that with the way book <laughs> one ended. So yeah, this is, this is, is getting ahead of the game, but she was my favorite because I always relate most to the messiest character. <laughs> <laughs> like, Right. Yeah, she is. She is the hot mess of the group. Absolutely. <laughs> London and uh, Samaya are very aspirational. I could only dream. Like I could only dream of having it together the way they do. But Taylor, I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Coming out of group of kids. <laughs> so, so, um, so we have new bio. So. USA Today bestselling author Farrah Shawn hails from a small town just west of New Orleans. She has garnered much acclaim for her Holmes Brothers, New York Sabres, Bayou Dreams, and Moments in Maplesville series. I own a book from one of those. I'm not sure which one. When she is not writing in her favorite coffee shop, she spends most of her time reading, cooking, traveling the world, visiting Walt Disney World, and catching her favorite Broadway shows. An admitted sports fanatic, Farrah feeds her addiction to football by watching New Orleans Saints games on Sunday afternoons. Ooh, you, you have, I got a friend who you would love. She's very, well, she's also from New Orleans. So there we go. Very Saints. Yeah, it's Saints. It's like a whole bunch of things I can't do right now. Every time somebody <laughs> up, I'm like, can I have a drink? I can't do that. <laughs> I'm stuck back in the house um, looking at my dog. So that's <laughs> my summer. <laughs> can I tell you, my cat is sick of me. I can see it in her face. Like, if you don't get out this damn house. I understand. I am so cramping his style. And I usually work, I work from home, but he's not used to me being home this much. All the time. I <laughs> every other day, you know, he's like, why are you not at your coffee house? Leave me 
So, you. He's waking up every day looking at you like, oh, yeah, again. <laughs> oh, twenty. Okay, I'm still here. Like, it's like, how do I let her know? I'm gonna go to bed, and maybe she'll get the hint that I want her to leave. That's what my cat does. <laughs> okay, so what would you update your bio with for staying in the house? Your favorite things? Gosh, um, uh, she likes to drink red wine. That would go with it um, because I've had more wine in this these last few months. And, you know, I'm not turning into a lush, but I've just come to appreciate dark wine, dark chocolate and wine. That's been my thing. So mm-hmm. that's how I end my, my evening with just a glass of red wine and some dark chocolate. So that would be added to the bio. I love it. And you are on the correct podcast. Yes. I'm assuming you have your wine, Danielle. I know as soon as I said that, I picked mine up, so. Not right now. I should have. I did not. Clearly, I was unprepared. I forgot the wine. I like a good white wine and pizza pairing, even though I don't think they technically are supposed to be paired like that. It's whatever you want. (laughs) In these times, it's like whatever you want, so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know we were supposed to be doing something else instead of just chatting like this, so it's like, don't let me take y'all off your game. Because again, I feel- <laughs> it's, it's impossible to take us off our game because we this, have no playbook. This is the game. <laughs> this we is it. Start talking. Like eventually, what we'll did Talia say? She said, uh, "Brilliant bookish chaos." Oh, I love that. I like that. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> okay, we do. We do want to talk about the boyfriend project, though, because I have thoughts. Okay. I would so I guess do mm-hmm. we we didn't do a synopsis last time when we did <laughs> take a hit Danny Brown and we usually do a synopsis. Did you write the one on here, Molly? No, I didn't. That is <laughs> I, I'm I'm pleased that you thought I wrote wrote that. <laughs> I'm like, oh this is great copy. But that was that was sent to us by your lovely publicist. <laughs> oh my publicist, Estelle? Yeah. Yes. yes, she is the best. She really is. <laughs> so, uh, so a little blurb or a little intro into the boyfriend project. Um, so Maya Brooks never thought she would be that girl, but a live tweet of a horrific date just revealed the painful truth. She's been catfished by a three-time and jerk of a boyfriend. Suddenly, Samaya, along with his two other girlfriends, in scare quotes, London and Taylor, have gone viral online. The three besties are making a pact to spend the next six months investing in themselves. No men and no dating. For once, Samaya is putting herself first, and that includes finally developing the app she's always dreamed of creating, which is the exact moment she meets the deliciously sexy Daniel Collins at work. What are the chances? But is Daniel really boyfriend material, or is he maybe just a little too good to be true? Mm. <laughs> I was like, look at Molly working in the questions. <laughs> no, no, girl. <laughs> that was not me. I would like to say, and I don't mean this, it's going to sound like not a negative, but it's an observation. I would like to say I've read three books this year about like couples or dates going viral and they've all been different and mm. I really love them. Like they've all done something different. I read Girl Gone Viral by Alicia Rye. Yeah. I read, you read Take a Hint, Danny Brown by Talia Hibbert. And then this one, The Boyfriend Project. And mm-hmm. it's just like, it's just a sign of how ubiquitous social media is now. And like now I'm paranoid. I'll be caught in some situation where I'll go viral. <laughs> 
it kind of is the theme of this year. Yeah, when I saw, because all our books came out uh, not too, you know, around the same time, within a few months of each other. I'm like, ah, okay. Wish I knew you all were writing this two years ago when you probably wrote it, but that's okay because people seem to enjoy it. So I'm good with it. Yeah, I mean, Talia literally told us to read your book in her interview. She did. So. <laughs> I think that. I love romance writers. Yeah, yeah, you guys look out for each other. It's cute. And and also, you'll come for somebody's throat, like, <laughs> I love that. on Twitter. <laughs> if somebody's acting out, ooh. Mm-mm. Don't mess with romance, Landy. I think everyone knows that by now, hopefully. But somebody's going to do something, and you realize that, no, they have not heard. Because mm-hmm. they got the time. <laughs> They're very... uh. They're very online. They're going to read you for filth, and it's going to be funny as fuck. It's going to be a whole thread, and I'm yeah. just going to be laughing. So, retweeting. retweeting like, so, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy... Danielle is very much like the romance person in our little group, and um, she's gotten me more and more over the past year or two. So, I've been enjoying... Um, <laughs> you know, when it happens, it's at least once a month. At least once a month, you'll find something's going wrong in romance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, is today actually bookstore romance day or did I miss it? It was actually yesterday. It's yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Lots of great events though with um, some really good bookstores. So, uh, you know, a lot of them still have the recordings up. I would suggest you check them out. There are things mm-hmm. yeah. all day yesterday, tons of them. How has it been, like, doing everything remote? Like, I know you have this book that came out, and I, I'm sure COVID threw a wrench in it. Like, how has that been transitioning? Yeah. Uh, you know, this was this book has been, like, special in a lot of ways. And it was actually the first time I had a publisher who was going to send me on a book tour. Um, and I was so excited, you know, it was like eight different cities in the course of two or three weeks. And I love to travel and I love to travel on someone else's dime. even yes. So I was looking so forward to it. And then this stupid ass virus comes and just messes it up. But to be honest, um, it's really been good because, you know, when you go on tour, or, you know, at least have book signings and such, there's only a few people who can literally, you know, be there. Mm -hmm. This has opened it up to such a broad audience. You know, people, I've done things where we've had over 100 people show up Mm -hmm. for the virtual thing, and you can just do a lot more of them, and you can reach so many more people. So while I am disappointed and will always be disappointed that I did not get my book tour. Um, this has been a really, really great experience. It, it really has. Yeah. Um, because I've also gotten a chance to, you know, do things with authors who I probably never would have done events with. It's, it's hard to get, and it's expensive to get mm-hmm. all in one place at the same time. So, yeah, if there is a silver lining to this trash year, <laughs> that would be the silver lining. Learning, you know, just how 
how far of a reach you can have with these virtual events. So mm -hmm. it's okay. Yeah. That's I like cool. that a lot. Yeah. I love how many bookstores are doing like these virtual, virtual panels, panels and things. Thing. And I've got to start. I wish somebody, or maybe it'll be me, will like just do a master list with links to all the recordings. Because I know Alyssa Cole does her like um her date night. Yeah, every other uh, Friday for a loyalty bookstore. Yeah. Um, which is cool. It's a uh, bookstore out of DC and they've been doing great things. They are, they're romance friendly. You know, there's been that <laughs> double-edged thing with indie bookstores because for a long time, um, a lot of them thumb their noses at romance, but they've been more open to it in the last few years. So um, it's good to see that. Mm -hmm. So it makes me happy to help them because they're struggling, of course, like everyone else. So it makes me happy to help them out with events like this and encouraging people to, you know, support indie bookstores because they're finally supporting, supporting us as a genre. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the, the two of us are probably fans of the two most like denigrated genres romance and then molly's into sci-fi fantasy oh yeah so, like, you can't, there was one article we found it was like does sci-fi fantasy make you dumber and i was like, <laughs> like, like who, who did this it was a whole study wasn't it well it, yeah it was a whole ass study <laughs> wow just let people be let people enjoy what they freaking enjoy oh drives me crazy <laughs> But if you aren't telling people how much better your habits are than others, are you even truly living? <laughs> That's true. That is true. If you aren't looking down on somebody, trash. So, the any so bookstore yeah. book thing gets to me because I guess they assume, like, just because I read, because I read, we read literature, like, I read the, the Ta-Nehisi Coates and Jasmine Wards, Jasmine Wards and all that, but I also read romance and so if you don't offer all of it you're just depriving yourself of potential profit and yes. it's a sale a sale yes like y'all romance kids like you run you roll deep like it's serious it's like everything's a series mm -hmm. everyone like romance authors they work so i don't know why you wouldn't want to get a little bit of that money it seems counterproductive to me but i don't have a bookstore so maybe i don't know what i'm talking about yeah, so I blame the patriarchy. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's like it's, it's a genre that's for women by women and they don't take it seriously. So, yeah, they mm. leave points on the table, but they're learning. They're mm -hmm. learning. So that's good. Yeah. So I'm trying to be positive. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So do we want to talk? Um, a little bit about how like you got started and I know this is not your first book um, so we always love to hear like you know the origins how people like why they started writing why they started writing in the genre they did and mm -hmm. how their career has developed over time and how much time do we have <laughs> <laughs> now I can I can definitely give you the condensed version um, because uh, believe it or not I was kind of a romance not myself i do admit that these days um i blame undergrad and grad school where you know mm -hmm. they did that same like you know you need to read serious books type thing um but i was always a writer i was always that kid in school who you know when they gave you like a pop essay quiz mm -hmm. everybody else was groaning and i was like secretly like yay <laughs> 
Because <laughs> I could always like bullshit my way through the thing. Mm -hmm. like, exactly. Mm -hmm. That was me. Um, so I've always been a writer. And I actually, it was when I uh, got to, when I was in undergrad, um, I was lucky enough to have W.E.B. Du Bois's only granddaughter as wow. my college professor and mentor. Oh, wow. Uh, I know. <laughs> she was the worst person ever. And I took a class when I was a psychology major. Um, and I took a class with her that was called Writing and Psychology. Hmm. And we had to, our very first assignment, we had to write an essay on an experience that stuck with us. And I wrote about the first time I ever had to speak in public um, because I learned that I had social anxiety. I actually passed out the first time I had to speak in class. Oh no. Um, it was bad. It was it was bad. I, I spoke for three minutes without taking a breath and the next day I was in the bathroom with water being thrown on my face. Oh no, oh no. It was awful. And you know, I, I got to school and I had to see a therapist. It was bad. Mm. Um and I wrote about that experience and on the paper she said that she had chills just mm. reading about my experience. And in the grand scheme of things, she thought I was destined to be a writer. Mm. And I actually took a little three-subject notebook that same day, went in the student center at Xavier University and started writing my very first book. It was a trash book. It was horrible. <laughs> and it was, you know, it was like this uh, suspense thriller thing with like 17 different points of view. It was <laughs> horrible. But it was the thing that got me, you know, I wrote all through college and grad school. I worked on that book. And then like literally a week after I finished grad school, I got my master's and I went to my parents and told them, you know what? I don't think I want to continue with psychology. I want to write books. And my dad has yet to forgive me for that. Wow. <laughs> it's been like 20 years and he's like, uh, no, he has. He, he's finally, okay. he's, he's my biggest cheerleader, believe me. Oh. He walks around with bookmarks in his pocket. So, oh. But at the time, it was like, excuse me, after all this time and money. Um, and that's when mm. I started, you know, um, I was reading romance at the time, but I thought that I had to write the serious books. Mm. Um but then some friends of mine who I had met through uh, an author that we all enjoyed, they just assumed that I was writing romance. And they're like, well, why don't you give it a try? It's what you read. You kind of have like this funny writing voice. And that's when I learned that writing could be fun because mm -hmm. I labored through that, ver that first serious book. And when I started writing romance, it was just fun. And that was it. Um, and I, I worked for like, you know, five years. I wrote five different books before I got an agent and finally sold my first book. Um, and that was Deliver Me. It came out in 2007. Um, the publisher, uh, after I did like five books with them and then they, they went away in like this flame of glory. Um, if you ever <laughs> Dorchester Publishing online, you will see what happened. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna look that up. <laughs> yeah, it, it was quite the thing. Um, about 10 years ago, they they went under. Uh, but then I, I got in with Harlequin and I wrote 16 books with them. 
Um, and I also, that's when I became like a hybrid author doing both the indie, you know, indie came about in like maybe 2010 or so is when it really started to take off. And I quickly got on the bandwagon and that's kind of what I did for 36 or 37 books mm. um, until I came, uh, I actually left Harlequin in 2016 and went just indie you know, completely. Uh, but when I came up with the idea for the Boyfriend Project, mm -hmm. uh, I just knew there was like something special about it and that it was, it was something that I could use to take me to that next level. Mm -hmm. I knew it was kind of a bigger book. Um, and I also was paying attention. I, I, I studied the industry, uh, just, you know, obsessively. And I was paying attention to just what was happening in romance and how they were buying more books by authors of color and black authors and finally paying us like actual money instead of just peanuts. Still not enough, but it was much better than when I first started, you know, and bringing us out in trade size paperback. And I thought, you know, if this is, if you ever want to go back to traditional publishing, this is the book and the time to do it. And it was the best, absolutely the best uh, decision I could have made because mm -hmm. it's, it's been phenomenal. I've been so, so pleased with just the reception of the Boyfriend Project and the rollout, all that my publisher has done for it. It's It's been amazing. That's awesome. Like, I, I feel like so many times, like, from the outside, it looks like someone gets a hit book and it's just like, oh, you know, it just came out of nowhere. But just hearing like how much time and how much savviness and how much research you had to do um, in order to blow up like you are, like, I don't think people, I think there's this myth, especially like that you get in writing, like you're just naturally talented and people just oh. naturally will come to the book and they don't really think about like all of the work that goes into uh, you know what i mean oh yeah it, it's you know and i mean like for me again i've been doing this since 2007 you know and mm. well well before that because i you know i sold the book even before that but i've been published since 2007 and 30 i think this is book number 38 mm. um you know, and I have gone through so much with uh, with publishers in the past and, you know, having to deal with how books by Black authors were kind of like shoved to the side and shelved differently and trying to get, you know, it's just, it's so much that I've been, and it's not even that long compared to a lot of other authors, but having been in this industry right on the cusp of when indie publishing changed the game completely for black authors mm. and where, you know, a lot of these indie authors were able to come in and show them that yes, people will buy these books. If you, you know, put them out there, I've just seen, uh, it's just been like so much like a whirlwind in these 13 years of how publishing has just turned like just crazy. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been, it's definitely not an overnight, uh, success and it's still, it's like, yes, it's been successful. I should, I should embrace the fact that 
the book has been a lot more successful than anything else I've written, but it still seems, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know if I want to call myself a success yet. <laughs> but I, I, will, I will say more, more of a success by far, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen a lot of good praise for this book on different lists and social yes. and publications. So it's really, it's really cool, I bet, to like, to see your baby out there and getting so much love. It really is, you know, um, I, I'll be honest, I had no idea what Bookstagram was. <laughs> I am, I love Instagram, but I love Instagram for the Disney people I follow and the crochet mm -hmm. people and my celebrities and like the workout people, even though I don't work out like I should, I love <laughs> <laughs> the transformation things. I'm like, one day I'll be one of those people. Yeah. Not with the wine and chocolate. But anyway. <laughs> that's fine. I read somewhere that wine is good for you. So <laughs> I took that to heart. <laughs> you got to do like other stuff besides drinking the wine. <laughs> I guess. Transformation things. But I still like to look at them. It's like inspiration. But that was Instagram for me. And then... Mm -hmm. Uh, my publicist, you know, she was like, I have all of these influencers. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> I found the the whole bookstagram world and I was like, mm -hmm. what is this? They put these pretty pictures up there and mm -hmm. they have had this book everywhere on Instagram. And a lot of it had to do with getting picked for book of the month. Ah, that mm -hmm. was, that was a huge deal. Uh, I didn't even realize how huge until my publisher told me that I was actually the first author, not just first author of color or first romance. I was actually the first book that Forever Romance had that had been wow. book of the month. So they wow. were extremely excited. And I see why, because it, it so many people who had never heard of me, so many who had never read romance, I've been tagged in so many posts of people saying, you know, I never read a romance, but because, you know, times were like, everything was a dumpster fire, they decided mm -hmm. to get um, So I've been like so many people's introduction into the genre and that's so humbling and just just to know that. So it's it's been just so, so nice to see it. I love it. Yeah, we said the same thing. I love it. Well, we love it. <laughs> yeah. Somebody asked us once, like, why we don't have an Instagram. It was like, I'm too ugly. We and my do. house is ugly and my nails we, are ugly. We <laughs> so, do. People just don't realize how hard it is to make those so aesthetic photos. Like, that's, right? you got to get lighting. You got to yeah. get... <laughs> mm -hmm. I respect the hell out of them because yeah. when I'm reading a book, I look like Gala from Lord of the Rings. I'm like, huddled <laughs> up. <laughs> You know, I'm hiding from my husband and my baby and everyone. And I'm like, this is me time with like my wine stands and everything. Yeah. So I appreciate what they do. Yeah, people fun. don't accidentally make those really nice, cutesy. Like that's a, there's some planning and some set design going in. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of work. I mean, they buy flowers and stuff to match the book covers. I'm like, y'all are putting some work into this. Mm -hmm. it is, I appreciate it. It's fabulous. Right. right? Um, but it, it is a world. I had no idea it existed, but it's mm -hmm. fun. Because, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you got to love book people. I love people who love books. So mm -hmm. I'm enjoying it. 
I think that's one of the reasons this is me just getting even more off topic. That's one of the reasons Instagram is doing so well is like you can find your niche. Yes. And then there's like the visual element. Like I've fallen down like the stationary planner hole. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> and like that on Instagram is just like, look how nice they make those pens look. Like it's a ama- it's just an ink right. pen. It looks great. Aspirational. Mm-hmm. Yes. And mine is all just people braiding hair. <laughs> I'm sure that's great too. Like you put a filter over anything, it's like art. It looks nice, right? Yeah. I actually happen upon those a lot because like I said, I like to crochet as well in the crochet mm-hmm. brain you'll sometimes see the hashtag and I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, so yeah, I, I've, uh, I've taken a peek at that part of Instagram too. It really is. It's like, it's a way for you to find your people. It really is. So Now speaking about social media <laughs> and I'm going to try to transition like a real ass podcaster here. Cool. I'm already loving it. You're doing a great job. Thank. Well, I mean, if we always have to stop to congratulate ourselves, we'll get it right. <laughs> This is why we didn't make that Apple list. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I want to talk about the premise and the opening of the boyfriend project because I was howling. (laughs) It was so funny to me. I just had to ask, like, where you got the inspiration for this date from hell. It is my Twitter addiction actually being good for something. (laughs) That's where I'll be honest. That's where I got it from. Um, it was like, I'm, I am addicted to Twitter as much as uh, mm-hmm. Hellfire as it is there. I've been for a long time. And mm-hmm. I just remember a f- few years ago, there was like this live tweet. It was some creepy person tweeting about two people who were on an airplane. Oh, who, yes. yes. They, do you remember oh, that? They kind of airplane like, yes. Bay? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. But look, they're like, oh, look, they're really getting along. And I just remember like being so obsessed and I'm like refreshing my phone. I'm like, oh, what's next? What's next? You know, just all into this. And I just, it was like a light bulb. I was like, this would kind of be cool to like put in a book. And even though mine is like totally opposite of what happened with that little thing, you know, I would love to know what happened with those people. Um, did they ever like really get together or something? Oh. It. We may or may not be able to edit that out, but it's all right. <laughs> you just keep rolling here, black chiclet. Hi guys, it's Molly. Um, surprise, surprise! I couldn't find a way to edit that very well, so I thought I'd just jump in and do some of the stuff we normally do at the end of the episode and let you know that um, Ferris people reached out to us. We're gonna do a Twitter giveaway for the boyfriend project. Um, so. Be on the lookout for that for more instructions um, on Twitter and at the end of this episode. But as always, um, we want to say thank you so much for listening. Um, You can always follow us on Twitter at Black Chick Lit. That's also where we'll have the instructions for the giveaway. You can follow us on Instagram at BCL Podcast, or you can visit our website at blackchicklit.com. Um, If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to contact at blackchicklit.com. So always don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play. That really helps people um, find our podcast. Reviews really help us. Um, As you can tell, we are a a small operation here, so (laughs) any little bit helps. 
And finally, thanks to Sweet 45, that's S-U-I-T-E 45, for the use of our theme song, Jones In. You can find them on SoundCloud at uh, soundcloud.com forward slash forward slash Sweet 45. One thing I'm realizing editing these is I have a little bit of a speech impediment left over and hearing my voice over and over again um, has been a lot of fun. So I'm going to get you back to the episode, but stick around at the end for instructions on our giveaway. Thanks. Bye. Shit. Where were we? <laughs> we talked about Plain Bay and how we were all like, that That was your inspiration. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. At 38.06. Come back. So... Uh, <laughs> Doing the real work, giving us timestamps. I, I right? have what y'all having to go through all of this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, I was inspired by this this live tweet that I saw on Twitter, you know, and it was, I've seen so many of them, but it was that particular one that just struck that, it struck a chord with me. And I was just like, I should do something like this in a book. And with the way my writer brain works, it's all I need is a spark. Mm. And, you know, I, I have my little notebook and things just start going. So that was that was really the inspiration right there. And then I just went through my whole brainstorming thing and came up with the idea for the entire series. Hmm. I love that. It's funny because you know what the whole situation reminded me of? Do you all, this one didn't blow up as big as Airplane Bay. I think it stuck mostly to Black Twitter. But it was like this girl posting a photo of her boyfriend and she had censored out his face. But... Some other girl recognized, I think, a tattoo. And soon all of Twitter was like looking at <laughs> magazine covers to figure out the date, like what city, yeah. what month. And I was like, they were just real investigative with it. And that's what this reminded me of. I remember when that happened. I remember, because I'm always on freaking Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember mm-hmm. when that happened. You, it's real life. It's it's. It's the world we live in now. So your setup was completely believable. I'm like, this has probably happened at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or that other that girl, it was like the photographer or whatever. He was like, I just need two people to shoot some shots. And it was like a single mom and the oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Remember? And he was he had like a handful of ass. And he had a whole ass girlfriend. I want to write that book so badly. I wish I had the time to write it. It's like <laughs> it is a romance. Somebody's writing it. Somebody's writing it right <laughs> now. There was a second one. Um, I don't know if it's the same photographer, but I just saw that second one with another cute couple. And I'm like, come on, y'all, killing me. <laughs> you was horrible. Oh, my God. But I, just reading that, I was laughing so hard. Because, like, for, so I listened to the audiobook, like, when I was, like, making dinner and stuff. And I'd be, like, in the kitchen, like, <laughs> my husband would be like, what are, you, what are you laughing about? I'd say, mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it was so... I just, I loved, like, the friendship that um, London, Taylor, and Samaya, like, you know, just from jump, they were, like, because I feel like the stigma, and especially, like, I don't want to get all whatever, but when men write women, it's, like, women are always fighting over men, and they're always, like, at each other's throats, and I just love how they were, like, no, order more appetizers, we're going to go get drunk on his dime, and that felt more authentic to me. Um, which I just, I loved. Yeah, and I just love it any other time, like a man's two-timing and the women decide he's not worth fighting over. It's like, you thought. Yeah. You thought. 
they all knew that he wasn't good enough for, you know, any one of them. So <laughs> because he wasn't, you know, they had settled for him. Um, and to be honest, I did not, um, when I first outlined this book and did all my brainstorming, I thought it was going to be like my regular romances where, mm -hmm. you know, I knew it would be a series. So you would see the girls here and there and you would kind of know that, oh, they'll probably get their own books. But it was after I wrote those first two scenes mm -hmm. and the chemistry between those three girls, it just like, it was so, it just organically happened. And I knew I had to like go back to the drawing board because I was like, okay, this is not going to be like my regular books. Mm -hmm. They have to, I have to put them more on the page. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when I came up with the idea of them, you know, having their weekly uh, margarita nights and checking in on each other because mm -hmm. I just knew that friendship it's it's just something that readers needed to see mm -hmm. um so and I love it it's you know it's why I kind of call the book romantic women's fiction because the romance while it's there this friendship is to me just as important to the story as the romance between Samaya and Daniel mm -hmm. um and I think it's it's something that has resonated with more people. Um, you know, I'm not one to read. I don't like to read reviews. Um, I stay away from like good reasons. <laughs> if someone tags me, if you tag me on Instagram or something like that, I will read it and try to comment. And mm -hmm. that's what I've read from so many people who've tagged me in their reviews. They fell in love with those three girls mm -hmm. um, and their friendship. So. Uh, yeah, I'm so happy. I'm so happy I went with my gut and decided to really up, you know, how much I had them in the book. Well, and then going back what you said, when you realized they were going to be such a big part of the book, did that change the plot? Because the entire, you know, the boyfriend project, the project, not the title, but their whole plan yeah. to like invest in themselves is such a big part of the book. Yes. So did that change the shape of it? It did. It did. Um, I had... I mean, I just had more of the romance because I thought it was going to be like my regular romances. Mm -hmm. um, and thankfully, I had the room for it because, you know, this is after writing for Harlequin, the smaller books for them for so many years, yeah. it was, I actually had the space mm -hmm. to really get into, you know, their friendship, all of the things that Samaya, you know, has to go through with her job, her career, and all of this stuff. I just had more room to be able to explore all of this. Um, so it was good that I, you know, I think when I originally plotted it, I probably did not even have enough story mm. um, to fill it. So in a way, you know, maybe that was God saying, okay, girl, you need to, uh, you need to go back in. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, I, I went back and I was like, and had to, you know, tweak some things and, because um, the Boyfriend Project was going to be there, but it was going to be more just about Samaya with her app. Um, ah. Yeah. Uh, so I was just able to, you know, get just a little bit more into it with the girls. Um, also, you oh, know. It pulls together so nicely. It does. It makes them seem, it makes it seem like realer. Like it reminds me of like, I'm going to say friends that I have, but I'm going to be honest, like Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> one other person you know what I mean it just it seemed very authentic to me and sometimes books especially 
books about Black people, even if they're written by Black people, I feel like you don't get that authenticity or maybe like authors are encouraged to like downplay that authenticity or that piece that speaks directly to Black women. And I just, I felt that come through. Well, I wasn't willing to compromise with this book Mm -hmm. um, because I knew that I could always just put it out myself. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, that's another thing, writing for Harlequin and, you know, we had certain guidelines that we had to adhere to for the category romances. Um, you know, everybody had to be rich and you <laughs> really, yeah, that was one of the things everybody had to be rich and there had to be, it was all of these different things with the, uh, Kamani romances. And I was like, that's not real life. You know, not everyone is super rich and not everyone wants to hear the problems of the super rich. Um, And when I started doing my indie books, I I was able to just write regular people falling in love. And when I decided to do this, I just wanted three confident, independent black women falling in love. But those, you know, it doesn't matter where you are in your career. It doesn't matter who you are, if you're a black woman, you have probably faced some of the things that, like, that Tamaya's faced in her job. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't matter what industry, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what industry you're in. Um, so I wanted, I wanted that on the page. And I wasn't willing to compromise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going off that, like, just to, when you did, I don't remember where it took place in the book. Sorry, I think they're hiking. And you did the analogy of the ants with the stone. I was like, that's one of the best ways I've seen, like, the whole concept of, like, you know, twice as much for, like, I just really love that. Yeah. I really love that whole analogy about, like, all the the ants in a line. One of them is carrying, like, a hundred times the burden than the others and still expected to keep up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something that we face if you're the only, you know. If you're the only one in the office, in the class, you know, I, I faced it in grad school. I faced it in several jobs that I worked. You have the burden of pretty much, you know, your entire race. You have to answer for your entire race. You have to mm-hmm. show that, you know, you have to think if I don't do this correctly, will they say that, oh, Mm-hmm. We knew it. Hiring this black person wasn't the right thing. We probably won't do it again. That is mm-hmm. just the pressure that we have to carry. And I don't, this book would not have been authentic if I had not explored this, especially mm-hmm. with her, you know, working in such a male dominated uh, field. So it's just something that had to be done. It had to be. Yeah, I did. I did like the scenes where she's like schooling Daniel and he's like, why? I never thought about that before. And she's like, no, let me tell you, because not only does it affect me, but it affects the girl who's going to come after me as well. Yeah. I mean, as an author, I've, I've faced it before. A lot of us have, you know, if my book doesn't sell well, will that stop them from buying the next Black author? Because... We can't just write a, a book that maybe just isn't as good as our last or, you know, just was at the wrong time. They're mm-hmm. going to say it's not because of the story. 
it's because the black work doesn't sell. Yep. Yeah, that pressure has it has been there my entire career. You you feel that. Um, so at least now we're kind of given the space to not have to, you know, have the perfect book and mm -hmm. sell, you know, better than our white counterparts who get the chance to have a book that maybe bombs every now and then and they still get a contract. So, you know, it's gotten better, but for a lot of industries, um, so many still face that. Mm -hmm. They do. Well, what was the thing that forever shocked me was when Jessamyn Ward revealed how much she got paid for, I don't remember the title, but it was after she had won for Salvage the Bone. Yeah. And you've got this black woman writer who has won a National Book Award nominee, question mark. I don't know if it won. And she still was like, had to fight to get what she deserved. Yeah. Can I tell you, that made me like mad. I try not to like be on, I, I'm always on Twitter, but I try not to be like voicing my opinions on Twitter too much because I don't trust these apps. <laughs> yeah. But that made me angry. Like, I think she's a literal genius and be like, oh, I couldn't even get paid. I was like, what help, what hope does a dummy like me have then? <laughs> exactly. like, like, that made me mad. So I just, you know, we, Farrah, we are not like a very polished production over here. So every time we talk to an author, every time we talk to a publicist, every time it's like we are learning a lot. Like these are authentic questions that we want to yeah. learn. Yeah. So we're not about like the struggles yeah. that you guys face. It, it pisses me off. Like it makes me angry to hear like, and it makes me wonder like how many good things, how many relatable things, how many even just okay things are we missing out on because some bullshit standard yeah mm -hmm. at that weekend was eye-opening in so many ways mm -hmm. um because I, you know just thank goodness to l <laughs> for, for asking that question and putting it there because mm -hmm. you just saw the disparities mm -hmm. in you know it's genre some genres make so much more and but then within the genres the black people always had the least amount Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think it it was it was one of those things it's never talked about. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the most people will hear about it is like publisher publisher markets place little code that they give you with a good deal or a major deal mm -hmm. or whatever. That's the closest you'll get to money. Um, but having people put that out there and having others because we knew as authors, yeah. mm -hmm. we knew we were not getting the same, even close, but having it out there in black and white, believe me, the DMs in the private <laughs> Facebook pages, <laughs> was like, whoo, it was something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we were like, can you believe that person got that for that trans book? Mm -hmm. And, but that's how it is. Um, you know, they will take a chance on certain people, but so often black authors will have to prove it first. That's why mm -hmm. so many, so many have had to prove themselves in the indie market before they were able to get traditional deals. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and kudos to those who are killing it in indie who refuse to go to, uh, mm -hmm. you know, if I was killing it in indie, believe me, this would have been an indie. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't one of those, but there are some black authors who they are doing just fine on their own and they're showing publishers that 
you know, yeah, we don't necessarily need you. you mm-hmm. know, let's just hope Amazon doesn't, you know, do something that messes it up because they're they're the real ones that controls all of that stuff. Can I see the bind Amazon has me in? I don't want to support it, but I feel like that's the best platform to support indie authors because it's so easy to publish there. Mm. It's like- I think, Danielle, we need to have like a straight indie author on too. Yeah. Like I'm learning a lot through these conversations. Yeah. This book, this book, I got it in print and I it was like the first mm-hmm. book I bought before I switched. So now I buy books from Target. And I got I got this and I got just mercy because I'm like, I'm not doing Amazon anymore. Yeah. But I was like, so how do you support those authors who publish on Kindle Unlimited or who do you got to buy it from the trunk of a car? (laughs) Back in the day. Yeah. Those, you know, yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard as an author as well, Um, because, again, I've seen the evolution of KDP and how. Amazon has changed their tactics and changed their rules. Um, you know, at one time you could put your book for free without any issue. Uh, now they make you jump through all kinds of hoops in order to do it. Mm-hmm. You have to be exclusive with mm-hmm. them. Really? Oh yeah. You know, before, before they came out with Kindle Unlimited and they just had, you know, where you were publishing your books with mm-hmm. them. It was so much better for the author, but once they wanted you to be exclusive with them, uh, it's like in order to get these perks, you've got to sell just to us. And it just wow. they created. It's been it's been scary actually to watch. Oh. <laughs> okay, I'll be there. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> be happy she's in Florida, and I can't get to her. Um, <laughs> Sorry for that. That's um, <laughs> 55 minutes. Go to that point in the podcast. When I tell you, when I tell you we are an indie podcast, we are an indie podcast. Okay. <laughs> Do not worry okay. about that here. <laughs> no, but it it yeah, you know, see, mm. see what Amazon has done and how they have um, made themselves into a monopoly, truly. People you know, they don't like to use that word, but it totally is. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the authors, everyone's doing great, but all it takes is Amazon saying, okay, we're not going to pay as much as we used to pay for, you know, you won't get as much. We're going to give you only 50% or you have, they can say anything and change the whole game. And that is. Wow. So they take a portion, like they take a big portion of the books that go on Kindle Unlimited or Kindle? They take, um, if they're just Kindle, they take 30% oh. of the, Yeah. Well, they ain't like you put it there for, you know, and not get money off of it. They take, they take their cut. That um, is wild. Yeah, they take their cut. And with Kindle, um, with Kindle Unlimited, they pay people per page read. Um, that I knew. Wow. Yeah. So, but, you know, they can, they can change, they can change the game at any time. They've done it. There's no oversight. There's no regulation. Yeah, they've done it. I've seen them. There are so many, so many things that you could have done before that you can't do now. Um, And Amazon is, you know, they're looking out for Amazon. So Mm -hmm. every time I see an Alexa, I tell her to tell her, tell her 
to tell her daddy that he's ugly. <laughs> I don't, Daniel, I'll tell you, and I won't go off on a tangent, but I have very strong feelings. <laughs> what? You don't trust technology. I don't. So, aren't there similar issues? We are big audio people here. Mm-hmm. Aren't there similar issues with Audible? Like, I remember I saw a thread. I love, I don't understand it all, but I love, like, anytime the professional side of, like, writing and publishing comes out. Like, yeah. because Audible's return policy is just so lax, you could sit here and think you've made a certain number of sales, but then there's, like, I don't know what you would call it, the melt, the returns, and maybe you end up getting maybe only a like a quarter, mm-hmm. a, a half of what you thought you were going to get because people are reading books and then and returning around and returning yeah. them. They do, yeah, they do that. I would look at my returns, some, and it's because while well, Audible again is all, it's owned by Amazon, uh, so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, but they they are more concerned with the customer. They want the customer to be happy, mm-hmm. um, so. Uh, the author is providing the product, but the the customer is the one who is paying the money for it. So they're going to side with the customer and do things to make them happy. And it's, again, it's just one of those things that it's a part of the business. Um, but it's also why, if, you know, if your entire income is, you know, dependent upon Jeff Beagle's whim, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that it's just, it, it's scary. Um, yeah, they are. They're like necessary because they're also where, you know, when I was an indie author, they were where about 80, 75 to 80 percent of my income came from. Wow. Should we like talk about the actual book? <laughs> I think we should, because like I said, I got thoughts. I want to read. I just want to read what my notes. And What's that? I'm sorry. I just, Danielle, Farrah is trying to talk and she is a guest in our house. Oh, no, no, I just said, I thought we talked about the book, but it was just like that first scene. Okay. <laughs> no, we get deep. We talk about characters and books like we personally know them. <laughs> Judge them and their actions. Mm-mm. Okay. I will I try was... to mix it up with booktube because that's where my head has been for the last few months. So, <laughs> oh, okay. booktube. Okay. I'm not, I'm going to go ahead, Danielle, because I love, I love your comments. Did she say booktube or booktube? Book two. Book two. Oh, book two. Oh, book two. Yeah, book book two of the the of series. The series. Yeah, she's uh, got to get back in this book. She's already moved. Yeah. She's already. She's in two thousand and uh, three thousand and twenty. We're in two thousand twenty. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm good. I remember enough about the boyfriend project to <laughs> be like somebody who wrote it. So there you go. go. I was just gonna say right off that my favorite character was the condo. Like every time condo <laughs> got described, I was like, yes. I'm here for it. I know. The condo and the food. I love well-written the food. Like, yes. study, food, clothes. I'm here for it. I want to see this. Tell me about that crop top jacket. Yes, I want to hear it. I want to hear about this. Tell me about those cupcakes, <laughs> that massage, those benefits. The buffet with the sundaes. I want I want all the, yes. Yeah. Like, there's a fine line between just too much extraneous stuff, but like Dressing the scene and this, I, I like every oh that condo, and the kombucha. This is the closest I've ever gotten to wanting to try kombucha. It was really <laughs> the closest. <laughs> so I just wanted to put that out there that I love the detail of this book. I under I 
understand that condo is like what I aspire to. Um, if I could find a company like Trendsetters, I would probably stop writing books and just work for them. You know, it's like all the things that I think would be the coolest thing in the world, I get to put it in the book. Uh, right. So. <sighs> mm. so. I'm sorry, I had to meet myself for a second because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> Like the job sounds great, buffets, right? The clothes sound good. The uh, food, all the fucking appetizers they had. <laughs> it was so great. And then every time she's like, "Let me go," she went into her big walk-in closet. Got out. I don't know mm. if it was suede. I pictured it as a suede crop jacket. It's probably too hot mm. for suede in Texas. But I was just like, I love it. I love it. I so that's why I'm reading this. I want all those aspirations. I love it. Yes. And see, I would have to go and look at it because for me, that's something that was just like, uh, but okay, it's a faux camel leather jacket. <laughs> <laughs> what did I put? Because I don't know. She just pulled a jacket for me and I just looked for it, you know, not just the jacket. So she's so casual about the chino. <laughs> I like, you know, that you that you actually paid attention to those details. So it's like, okay, I'm not just doing this for my help. Mm-hmm. People actually care, so I will be more conscious of put those because <laughs> it's like it's the whole picture, you know. It's like yeah. it's the romance, but it's the friendship, it's the lifestyle, it's everything. Like this book came at a time when you can't even go outside. Yeah. So of course I'm like looking at the people, like getting the drinks. It was like, oh, it it, it is. You know, having this book come out at this time, it, people are reading it differently. It's like giving them a little taste of stuff that they just can't do right now. So, yeah, I can see that. So, yeah. Okay. I want to make sure we, we talk, talk about, about the actual human characters now. Yes. Okay. I want to talk about Daniel. So, so, go ahead, Molly. You've been sitting on this the whole time. I liked him. I liked him. I don't want to think that, you know, because I, so, Farrah, oftentimes I will have deep, problems with characters like I know them like they've hurt me like they owe me money (laughs) I want to talk about like the whole like double agent you know genius right I I had no idea going in right that that was a part of the book and I was I was into it I was like oh shit like what is he gonna find who was doing this shit like I really what was the inspiration like to add that like criminal element to the book because I really liked it. It was totally unexpected. You know, it was, I mean, I knew I wanted that was going to be the real reason he was there. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, so spoiler thing for people is like, he's not what he seems in the beginning of the book. Um, (laughs) uh, And it's funny because I really, I'm not really a big reader of like books where there's like deception in them in the line, but I kind of knew I needed it in this book. So hopefully people are okay with it. Um, but actually when it comes to like the agency he works for, which I was just fascinated by it. I ran across an article um, about this, you know, this part of our government that a lot of people don't even know exists. Like, mm-hmm. like the treasury department has its own, inside investigation like you know arm and it's i was just fascinated by it and i probably know way more about it than i ever needed to <laughs> i'm a big researcher you know i'm like oh i gotta look you know 
I got to look into this. And so I researched a whole lot about it. And I was just, I thought it was so cool. You know, this set of people who investigates financial crimes and it kind of worked with, um, like what would happen at trendsetters trendsetters. It's not based on a real company, but kind of that tech stuff behind it. Mm -hmm. um, kind of what the company, I used to live in Austin. I used to work for a software firm, the software firm. I, we built, I'm saying we, like I wasn't just the Austin <laughs> there. Uh, I was the <laughs> they, the actual people. You they, can say we, you work there. It's a team, right? I was there. I, I was I was the office manager. I just this was back when I quit like the real job and was writing and just needed like, you know, mm -hmm. I'm gonna be the manager. But this was the kind of software that they built. And so I knew that this was because I remember 10 years ago when I was working there saying, you know, a person can just inflate these numbers and have you thinking that they have a whole bunch of people using the internet. Latin America, and they're not really. And I just thought, even back then, this would be a great way to learn the money. Do not come. Uh, it's fiction. <laughs> but that, that's really where, you know, that's where I got that idea for that because I knew it was a thing that could happen. Only problem is, like I said, it's been 10 years since I worked there, and that technology has changed so much. So I had so much stuff I had to research. <laughs> I had to do so much research for this book. Seriously, it's like really well, you can, I mean, you can tell because like the whole yeah. money laundering thing. I was like, ooh, there she she knows something about. She it. knows. She knows her. <laughs> like I was like, oh, word. Like is that how they do it? Like I I I was bought in. <laughs> Look, I could go and build an app if I want to because I did so much <laughs> you know, how to build an app and all of gosh, so much stuff, but. I knew I wanted it to sound authentic and just in case somebody who knew this stuff actually read the book, <laughs> I wanted to make a- You didn't want those emails. So, yeah. Can we talk about Samira's app? Because I want it, or Samaya's app, because I want it and also I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> I could have used that a couple times in my life. I will. It's say. like, yes, like making new friends is hard. But, like, I joined a mommy app that was, like, similar, and someone solicited me for a three-way on it. Oh, so it's like, oh. it's, like, a double-edged sword. It's, like, you go and you're, like, yes, I want to meet some friends. And then it's, like, wild people just, once you put it out there. I guess that's, like, not, you know, you can't really help that. They just have people mm -hmm. to do stuff like that. But, damn. Uh <laughs> Tamaya has to think of some way to keep them off in the next one because, I let know. me tell you. Any app you go on, there's going to be perms. There's going to be something like that. Yeah, that's crazy. No, you know, with her app, it was funny because there are a lot of apps like this. Mm -hmm. And seriously, that's an app for everything. Mm -hmm. um, so I had to try. I'm like, okay, I need something new. So that's when I put the element of, you know, the commerce part where mm -hmm. companies can, like, create these things specifically for, you know, people who love several different things. So... Come, trying to come up with an app that was not already available, um, just had something a little different was kind of, it was kind of difficult. But I would love if someone wants to create that app. I would love it too. Go yeah, I need it. <laughs> Go for it. I like it. I do want to say, so like the classic romance trope is 
not trope, but like, so the story plot is like they said, they get together and then something breaks them up at the end and they have to come together. I liked that he, and I guess this is sort of spoiler alert, but not really. I won't go into details. I like that he genuinely like fucked up and it wasn't, you know, quote unquote, mm-hmm. a misunderstanding. I like that he legitimately did a wrong thing and they worked through it like adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's that deception thing that I usually don't like. It's like he had no other choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm do it. It it was it was hard for me to write that because I knew I had to make sure that people understood that he was literally between a rock and a hard place. He mm-hmm. you know, it was more than just his job, his personal job. It was all of this, you know, they could have gone and do so many more bad things if he didn't, you know, it's like mm-hmm. he, he did not stop it when he did. Um but he had to grovel to get her back. Mm-hmm. Um, because even though he had to do it, that didn't mean she had to forgive him for it. Right. Um, right. She ain't have to like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, I think it worked out well enough to where people won't be that mad with Daniel for life. Yeah. Cause he's so sweet. Like yeah. the whole time he's just like, I mean, first of all, he's, he's, you know, he's sexy. He's good in bed. He's smart. <laughs> He can he's cook. Like, agent. He's cooking. But then, like, he's also, like, very sweet and genuine, too. So I could feel that that tension that he had. Yeah. And he won over her friends. He started yes. to apologize with the friends first <laughs> and got them on her side. Okay, now I'm realizing he was just too damn perfect. Daniel <laughs> just too. I'm like, he did do all of this. He <laughs> okay, yeah. This is totally, you see... Totally a fantasy, totally romance, but she deserves it. Right. Yeah. She deserves it. Got me sad. I was like, I want a Daniel. <laughs> well, not I a Daniel, because I can't date anybody with my name. <laughs> you can't date anybody with what? My name. Oh, um, Daniel did. Yeah. That is, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Those are the things I think about. <laughs> no, that is very legit. That is, that is I can see that. Yeah, so well, how do you like this is gonna sound weird? How do you design like a hero or like how do you because you just said like I realize he's too perfect? How do you do that line between That's a, question. a man like, yeah, this is a hero people would want, but he's got to be flawed enough to be realistic because other like yeah. I've had some old romances where the hero is just too perfect and he's actually kind of boring because yeah, he's like he's just, just a pillow, and it's like, who cares. <laughs> Uh, I guess the lying part is like maybe the only thing that makes Daniel not that because he really is. He's probably one of the, um, not that I write a bunch of assholes, but they usually have more. <laughs> I mean, he didn't give her that massage though. Uh, yeah, true. Damn it. He was, yeah. And um, he was really into his work. So that could be a flaw. He was like very true. focused on the job. And he lived with that guy when she goes to the apartment and she's like, he just sleeps on the couch? That's weird. <laughs> Who is this man? Y'all gonna like go make me like read <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I remember that part. Uh, no, but it, you know, when it comes to with the characters, again, I'm a, I'm a psych major. Mm-hmm. I am very character driven as a writer. So I take a long time, like, developing their personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's one of those weird author things that's really hard to describe because I'm just, like, in this, in this mode. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I get some kind of inkling of how I want this character to be and how I want them to relate to the other, you know, protagonists in the book. Um, and then I just, I just kind of like, you know, build them to uh, how I, how I think I want them to, to be in the story. Um, you know, I can tell you the next one, uh, he is not as perfect. He's got his issues. Uh, he's still very sweet. But, you know, I can, you know, it's like, yeah, he's got more flaws, got some darker things in his past than Daniel, so it'll be, yeah, it'll be different. I'm ready. Okay, I am ready. And I want to I want to bring this up and because my phone made a weird noise. <laughs> and when I was reading the book, I put a reminder for this time to ask you a question. Okay. Well, that's organization. That is. Is it though? <laughs> or is it, it is. just like I can't remember anything? Yeah. <laughs> and it said because I was reading a line in the book and it said Calendar reminder: Ask Farah if she watches Ninety Day Fiance during interview. <laughs> I do not. Oh, that is my quarantine watch. It's been your okay. We can do a separate episode, but I just wanted to say, like, I saw that. I wrote it down. I was like, make sure you ask her if she watches that because it it spoke to me. Like when I say these characters are related, I related. I know, but see the character who watches it. Isn't this um, who mentions it? It's Samaya. She's like, like, well, we've known each other longer than those people are now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's one of those things where the characters would be the ones who do it. See, Farrah's boring, but the characters. No. Are <laughs> like you should take that as a testament. Like I related so much, and I was like, I need, I need to ask her. Because I felt this, I felt this character. No, no, I, I, I watch like you know Forensic Files and Dateline and Twenty Twenty. So you would think I write like murder mysteries because those are the things that I watch. But my there was a Forensic File reference, which I also loved. And she got the one sister. Exactly. Okay, that's me. Like the sister who has to watch marathons. There you go. That's me. <laughs> I will say, if you test anything, the first season of 90 Day the Other Way is on Hulu. Ooh. And the other way is wild. Because you've got these American... It's kind of... I think 90 Day Fiance is a little sad. It's kind of... It's a little bit... But the other way? way? But the other way, Ooh. you've got spoiled Americans going to, like, Brazil, uh, uh, Dubai, the Philippines, and just being completely out there, element. And it's... And it's, it's like, a- my friend, an immigration lawyer, was like, oh, you know, I feel, like, bad because it's people taking advantage. It's like, no, girl. Yeah. They're gonna scan, like, oh, J- Jenny? All I had to say is Jenny. Jenny! <laughs> Jenny. Danielle, we can do a whole separate episode. I do not want to derail this conversation, but I am so excited right now. So, fair. <laughs> You should take this as a testament of like real female black adult relationships because we are absolutely gonna talk about this later. I'm like so intrigued now. I might have to give it a You might get some inspiration because the stories the stories are wild. Wild. Like it'll spark something, I am sure. And then please let us know when you write that book because I wanna read it. I wanna read Jenny's book so bad. I know when it's on because half of my Twitter is like tweeting about it. So I know. 
The first season of The Other Way is on Hulu. And I like I would love an international series, like black girls mm-hmm. going places. Like mm-hmm. the, oh, yeah. I love because you love to travel, right? Oh, I was gonna say I, I love to set books in foreign places so I could mm-hmm. write off on my taxes, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I love to travel and yeah, I've set some books in Italy and I've mm-hmm. got some others. Yeah. I like that. I might have to look because I do. Yes. Have to take a look, and if you end up writing a book, just I'll like let us know. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll be there. You can just at Black Chicklet. It happened, and we'll know. Mm-hmm. We'll know. <laughs> but no, I gotta see how this ends. I gotta see how Taylor <laughs> gets out of this one. Oh, oh yeah, it's cussing out the children. Maybe they deserved it. They probably did. Don't they always deserve it? <laughs> And that's why I said that's why I like Taylor because like London had it together, Samaya had it together. Taylor, I'm with you, Taylor. I am there, except the kombucha. I'm not there, but I am with her all the way. That was my if I'm a heart of this group, I'm the Taylor. Yeah, I mean she's a fun character. I've, you know, working on her book, she does have a lot. Uh, so she she's juggling a lot, and she's she's gotten herself into some trouble. But uh, I've been have I just been having a ton of fun writing her character because I'm a long way from 28 years old. So writing this, <laughs> just writing this character, and um, she's just she's fun. She's fun. So. Does she deal with her fam- familial issues, like her family and the expectations they put on her in this one? Yes. Uh, yeah. She goes, she goes home to her family. She and uh, Jamar Dixon, her the hero of the book. Um, it, it, it's one of those books, you know, it's fun, but, you know, if you read The Boyfriend Project, if you read any of my other uh, books, you know, there will be some like heavy things that are explored in it. And even with a character like her, we're, you know, we're not all fun and games all the time. She's got, mm-hmm. she's got some things she has to work through. Uh, and yeah, she, you definitely see it in the book. Okay. And where's home from, for her? Uh, she is, her family is in North Carolina. She's a oh. army rat. So they are at Fort Bragg. Um, so she goes home, um, for a little while there, so. Okay, so all y'all in North Carolina, get ready. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm so excited. Between, I have this one, I have a whole bunch of series. This one kind of reminded me of, um, oh, I always mess up the title. It's Tracy Livesey series. Oh, yeah. Sweet, loving, I'm so Lover, is that the first? Yes. Yeah, talking yeah. lover and like, cause that one also has like a group of girlfriends. You have a thing, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I like, I just like this. I don't want to say trend, cause I don't think like that feels kind of belittling or condescending. Mm-hmm. But I just like this in books now. We've got like these yeah. core group of girlfriends who support each other, and mm-hmm. I know it's not even that new, but I just love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we want to be respectful of your time, and also we know that your family has been trying to call you. <laughs> It's going to be for something like so, like, you know, not even important. And that's what I'm going to say better. But that's what family's for. Like, I know I have a thing on my phone saying, I heard it rained up there. I heard it rained up there in Northern California. <laughs> Your baby's somewhere then, like, she's late. Oh, I heard him at one second. He was, ooh, he mad. 
you know him, he get mad. Like the first word he said was mama. And it was because I was trying to fill out a form. He's like, mama. Oh, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so, you know, life happens even for authors, even for podcasters. So is there anything else? Um, I think they said that the next, so this is Taylor's book, um, The Dating Playbook. Is that correct? Yes, Taylor, Taylor's book is The Dating Playbook. Okay, um, I look, tried to look for it on Goodreads. She did not have that info. I'm excited. Yeah. Oh, you gotta get on that email thread. Oh, okay. I, but you know what? You know what? I was like, Daniel's not responding. And I was like, I probably have her email wrong. Oh. <laughs> because you are on it and I am not. And I was I was like, this one is on me probably. So. No, it, it's July of next year, I think. Um, the Dating Playbook comes out. I just got to see the cover and I'm absolutely in love with it. I can't wait until we do a cover reveal. I love mm-hmm. it. Ooh, I'm excited already. There's a lot of good books coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. So what uh, are you currently reading? Oh gosh, I've been reading some really great books. I'm actually, I'm currently reading a book by like the legend Sandra Kitt, who is one of the first um African-American romance writer, she has this new series that she's doing with a very interesting concept. It's about people who like kind of come into money. Mm-hmm. Um, like the first, the hero of the first book, he actually, he's a baseball player who um, works as a commentator on ESPN. And he actually mm-hmm. wins the, he wins $75 million in the lottery. Um, that's the concept. Mm. And it is, I, it, you know, it's a romance. Um, his, his heroine is the, uh, a woman who works for the mayor's office in New York. She's the one who like presents him with a big check and it turns out they went to high school together. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like a United thing, but she also gets into, you know, how, uh, all that money is not necessarily a good thing <laughs> because, you know, you hear these stories of things that kind of happen. Yes. You know, you've got the ex-girlfriend who come. It's, it's like, it's so much drama. And I'm like, I needed a juicy drama. Like, this. <laughs> it's like just, just like one of those fun, messy, <laughs> messy kind of books. Mm-hmm. But the winner takes all, uh, and it's coming out from Source Books. I think later this year. Uh, okay. But I'm lucky enough that I was. Um, you know, that I've got to got a chance to read an early copy of it. Um, and I also just read another book that's coming out. Um, see, I'm so special. I, I get to read. It's like all these books. <laughs> um, but it is, uh, I, just for the cover, look up the cover of Denny Bryce's um, Wild Women and the Blues. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, it Wild is- Women and the Blues. It's her debut book, but it's historical fiction that's in 1920s uh, Chicago during the Jazz Age. And Danielle, you're going to love this cover. I love it. It's a gorgeous cover. The book is, you know, it's just a time period that you don't see. Mm -hmm. And, like, she's a dancer, and it's just, it's so good. It's, like I said, it's historical fiction. There's some romance in it, but it's more, it's way more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember I gasped when I saw that cover. When that I first saw that cover. Oh, that's and, a great cover. Yeah, and the book itself is different, you know, and you just don't see Black people 
you know, you don't see it in books. So mm-hmm. I, those two books, I've been so lucky that I've been able, got the chance to read them early. I, you know, I encourage people pre-order, pre-order those books because they're both. Ooh. Yeah, I love it. On that, I'm gonna look into those. <laughs> yeah, Danny, what have you been reading? <laughs> I read this book, and and that's been it. I've so there were a couple books I was I've been picking up a lot of books and putting them down. And if it hasn't mm-hmm. been for the podcast, I haven't been able to finish them. I picked that's up right. Balm. I'm it's and like it's not because they're bad. I just my mind is all yeah. over the place. It's yeah, hard. yeah, yeah. I picked up Balm by. Oh my gosh, Dolan Valdez. I can't remember her first name. Um, and I picked up This is How You Lose the Time War. You know about that. Mm-hmm. I had an arc of that Meet You in the Middle book. And I was like, I can't, <laughs> I can't deal with this right now. Yeah. So I, besides the books for the podcast, I haven't been reading much. And it's been, it's, it makes, it's another thing to stress about because I like reading and I feel like I can't even yeah. read to escape. And this quarantine yeah. and this virus has taken already so much from me. Yeah. So that's all right. Yeah, we'll get through you know, it. There have been many times where I'm like, I didn't even finish the book for the podcast. So. <laughs> it's not easy, though. I When it first started, I actually went back and read some of my old favorites because I just couldn't get into anything new. Your brain is just like not there. So yeah, everybody's struggling in their way. I know. How about you, Molly? What are um, your baby reading? we are reading every single night I want my hat back about a bear who eats a bunny because he stole his hat and um, every single night the rainbow fish that's why I've had so many thoughts about the rainbow fish lately that book is bad for children it's bullshit it's bullshit why did he have to tear his body apart just to make the other fish like him see the you know what I think I think the rainbow fish was black and I think all these other fish were like, I like your swag. I like your style. I like your hair. I like your clothes. So he has to and give he up has- pieces of his culture for, to assimilate uh, and fit in. <laughs> Girl, I have a whole dissertation here. <gasps> but <Hi>. besides. <laughs> so these are the conversations. I'm once again intrigued. And this is like a picture book. But I'm like, wait, what? Uh- <laughs> See? But besides that, <laughs> besides that, I've, I'm I'm very close. I think I have an hour left on this non-audible audio book service that um, <laughs> you know hasn't paid us any money, so I'm not gonna. That's beside the point. Um, <laughs> so I've been reading a Deadly Inside Scoop by Abby Colette. Um, which is a cozy mystery. I don't know if I talked about it last time about a girl who owns an ice cream shop and um, the enemy, like an ancestral enemy of her like grandparents comes back into town and winds up dead. And she and her best friend have to like solve the murder. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) It's set in Cleveland, which I know nothing about Cleveland. So I've been enjoying that. Um, and it's just, it's very, this is the first cozy mystery I've ever read, uh, also. And it's just a lot of fun and it makes me want ice cream, even though I'm lactose intolerant. Uh, <laughs> I've been eating, like, it's a problem. I've been eating so much ice cream. <laughs> We're going to have to do something about that because there was a lot of talk for a while. I think it was, uh, I found this great book podcast. It was like, everybody was talking about cozy mysteries for a while. 
Mm-hmm. And like, I kind of wanted to get into them to see what they were about. So that's, that's why I started reading it. Cause someone was like, I can't, I think it was the national book foundation. And they were like, who's writing, you know, crime with like a black slant or something. And I was like, girl, we are over here. Um, so I, I just really like it. And they just like announced that the next book is a game of cones, which I love. <laughs> and I don't know why. I know this is off topic. I had a dream last night that I was getting pizza at um, like a drive through Taco Bell Pizza Hut with George R. R. Martin. And I was like, you got it. You got to make a real apology for what you said. <laughs> you actually had to apologize to them. Like this, this, this half measures, it's not going to work. You have to actually say sorry. So that's where my mind's been. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. We told you we can get off track. So so easily. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's like I heard you said the word the, and that reminded me. <laughs> that's another reason. Yes, that's SpongeBob meme actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's great. I am still looking at this cover, so I'm gonna make sure I get Wild Women in the Blues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, my brain will start cooperating and it'll let me be literate again. Yes. I think you have a little while. At that point, it doesn't come out for a while either. So, but put it on your, I think it's March. I think it's not until March of next year. Mm-hmm. But well, I want some, I want some pink pumps. Oh, on the cover of this book, I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, co- the cover out on this book, that's one of the, I mean, don't judge a book by its cover, but I thought this book it's was so cute. really cute. Yeah. And I just, I felt really smart when I finally realized that they were text bubbles. That's why the arrows are going different directions. <laughs> right. I've been looking at this book for two hours now. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so clever. So I, that is cute. I'm, I love I'm it. happy that you noticed it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of texting. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's so cute. I love it. I, so, oh it's okay, Molly. This quarantine got us all. So. So thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for writing this wonderful book that brought me so much joy during this quarantine. Thank you both for for reading the book and, you know, for hosting me and letting me talk about just all kinds of stuff. I've done a bunch of these and I must say that we got to cover so much stuff here and it's been very refreshing. So thank you. Oh, yay. Glad you had a great time. Yes, and if you do go back and watch 90 Day Fiance the other way, Mm. I know people always say keep it, like, seriously, like, we are on Twitter all the time. Just, like, say, I watch it. Oh, my God. And we'll just know. I'll show up and (laughs) reply. It'll be my reward for finishing Taylor. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) I love that. That's where my head is at now. It's like, gotta finish the book first, and then I can live, like, life. (laughs) well you got it we know you got it so we know you got it yeah Yeah. out here doing big things have an oprah blurb on here (laughs) so i love it okay everybody thank you so much if you listened all the way to the end um thank you to fair roshan 
for coming on and speaking with us, even though we got a little bit squirrely. Um, we just really love the book and we really appreciate like bringing these interviews to you guys. Um, we do have something else in the works uh, for next month. I don't want to say too much, but um, you know, I think people will be pretty happy uh, with this little uh, little uh, detour we're taking into being an interview pro- uh, podcast. Um, it's been a lot of fun, and we're just so thankful for everyone to um, has been reaching out to us and giving us these interviews. Um, so thanks again to Farah. Her book, uh, The Boyfriend Project, is out now. Um, we also want to say a special thanks to all of our patrons for their continued support. Um, Adoria, Ali, uh, Ansela, Brianna, Catherine, Ellen, Emily, Frank, I found this great book podcast, Jennifer, Kat, Katie, Latoya, Maria, Melissa, Montara, Sylvia, and Therese. Thank you all so much. Um, you really like literally are helping us keep the lights on on this podcast. Um, and we couldn't do it without your support. We couldn't do it without people listening to us, liking us, sharing us. Speaking of, um, I promised you guys a giveaway for um, the Boyfriend Project. And if you stayed all the way to the end, um, what you got to do is be on the lookout for when this um, this podcast drops. We're going to put out a link on our Twitter, Black Chick Lit, and um, you have to just follow us and then retweet that link, and we will pick a random person to win a copy of the book. So once again, be on the lookout for this episode. Be on the lookout for something fun coming up in the next couple of weeks, and thank you guys for your support. We love you, and we will be back soon. Bye! <music>